Hello everyone, and welcome back to Experience Point Starfinder, your favorite queer Starfinder podcast. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review brightens our day and helps new listeners to find us. We don't pay to advertise any of the podcasts on the Experience Points Network, so we hope you'll recommend us to your friends and just about anyone. If you'd like to support us, we hope you'll consider joining our Patreon. We would be lost without our patrons. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash experience points. In honor of Pride Month through the month of June, we'll be doing giveaways during every stream. If you've ever been interested in playing Starfinder yourself, you should be sure to tune in. We'll be giving away the core rulebook, critical success, and fumble decks, and Paizo's new starter box, which we're all really excited about. One item will be given away live during each of our sessions in June, so be sure to join us for your chance to win. Hi, welcome to Experience Points. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as you can see, we are having some fun technical difficulties. I am uh, running OBS and uh, trying to figure out how to uh, get all of this working at the same time. Uh, my name is Kenny. You can't see me right now, but you can see that I am a screen within a screen within a screen. Um, with me today are this amazing cast who will be uh, uh, on this fantastic journey. Um, let's uh, introduce ourselves, starting with Steph. Hi, y'all. I'm Steph, um, and I will be playing Navu Gladepat. Excuse me. Oh gosh, I forgot my own character's name for a minute. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Pale Glade is their last name. I promise. I, I know these things because I wrote them. <laughs> uh, PB? And my pronouns are oh. she, her. My characters are she, they. I am PB. Uh, PB plays inside, and today I am going to be playing Yi. Um, a Yosoki, Soki, Yosoki, Yosoki. Um, <laughs> uh, Nosoki, yes. Oh, how do, how do you do it? Is it race class theme? Is it race theme class? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter as long as you say species. Species. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when you read and have to say a different word. Um, a Isoki uh, operative spacefarer. Who, yeah, who's named Yi. Yi. Uh, Miyu. And I'm Miyu, and today I am playing Major Tom, an Astrozoan Xenoseeker envoy. And Kalvik. I am playing Thrani Ikos, a Witch Warper Patra Ace Pilot, whose pronouns are going to be he, him. Just Fan like Fantastic. Um, so yes, as you can tell, we're having some fun technical difficulties. I am currently fixing the camera issue. Um, also, we are using Fantasy Grounds. We were planning on using Fantasy Grounds, therefore it crashed and uh, decided to take the game with it. So we're going to be doing this from paper and memory. Um, if we need to roll, we all have dice on hand, and so that is going to be amazing. Um, but first we're going to talk about character backgrounds a little bit. Um, I gave the players, uh, I ambushed them with some questions yesterday to kind of think about for their characters. Um, so why don't we start with, um, with Steph a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your character, who they are, what their sign is. <laughs> well, I don't know if they have signs since there are so many different constellations, <laughs> but <laughs> Nabu is a Solarian, um, with a scholar background. Um, they grew up on Castorvel fascinated with outer space and all of the astrophysicy kind of things that kind of blow my mind they are like it's totally their jam and <laughs> while they were studying the stars um they found their solarian gift it or rather it manifested itself for mm -hmm. them and they 
do have a mentor who helped them kind of understand their new abilities, but I don't have a lot of that decided yet. Cool. <laughs> I left a little bit open. Um, I'm hoping one of our lovely other castmates will fill in the blank of the friend who got them out of teaching at a university and into being on a spaceship. Because I assume there was a friend that came along and was like, hey, we need your expertise on this. And then they ended up liking being in space more than teaching about mm -hmm. space. <laughs> so they stuck around. But anyone of the three of you are open to taking that spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to get to like crew relationships and interactions and who people are. And so we'll, we'll definitely get there because I feel like your crew's definitely been together for a little while. You've been uh, running missions and such. So um, it'd be good to know who all of you are together and how y'all interact. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Just what, wait uh, until you see their fighting style. <laughs> Very proud of that. <laughs> Uh, when you were in university, what was your uh, character's, um, uh, I guess, specialty? Like, what, what subjects did they teach? Astrophysics, um, navigating. So, lots of spacey stuff. Like I said, a lot of things that I find interesting, but um, get a little lost in terms of explaining the physics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, there may be a lot of me going, insert techno babble here. <laughs> Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Cool. Yeah. Uh, PB. Tell us a little bit about Yi. So Yi um, is a... Um, so he started off on Airstones on it. And they <laughs> uh, were just always sort of... I don't want to say like a troublemaker. Just somebody who... I mean, if trouble was had while they were doing other things, you know, that is, that wasn't their intention. Uh, so they were just rapscallion, a rapscallion, I guess we could say. Okay. And uh, when playing around um, when they were younger, they, uh, she, she started running around and playing like uh, an equivalent to hide and seek, right? Mm -hmm. And being a Yosoki, you could get into like some really small places and places where you know people wouldn't expect to find a living thing such as a crate that was supposed to go on the ship and that's uh she ended up hiding in a in a crate and it got sealed and she got taken to a, a to a ship and Ooh. she stayed there for a little bit um not long enough to be life-threatening but long enough for it to be like um why has no one found me hello hello and eventually they found her and um you know they were gonna take her back whatever they're good people uh but she like took one look out one of the windows and saw the vast expanse of space from a view that couldn't be compared through any videography or any photo and she just saw endless possibilities in a way that she'd never experienced before and from that moment after having returned it was her dream to go back and get on the ship and explore the vast space find out what was out there um learn about meet all these people see the world uh, through her own eyes rather than through photos or videos as she had before and uh with that she found a natural inclination towards being able to you know see things from far away and pinpoint them with uh, scary accuracy hmm. and was able to um, you know someone recognized that in her and was able to help train her in that helped her out with some long-range combat and such uh, to help out on the ship and from there she's just uh, gone forth and really never looked back uh, on living not on a ship and not exploring through space and meeting new people constantly Nice. and making friends always yeah. yeah so um this person that helped you um would you consider them a mentor or is this someone who is just kind of in your orbit that was just like oh this person needs their talent honed yeah i would say like probably the first captain okay. of whatever ship she was on 
was like, well, you gotta pull your weight somehow. And through doing a bunch of odd jobs, that was just one of the things that they figured out like, oh, this is, this is your thing. Oh this my is, gosh. Were, were you the Wesley Crusher? <laughs> <laughs> I was the Wesley Crusher. Okay, so you have to name the captain first. <laughs> was it Captain Bait Von Freepants? Oh man. <laughs> I knew. Somehow I knew Captain Bait would come up. I mean... We're totally going to have to link or connect to Will Wheaton with this now. Yes. <laughs> making oh. Wesley Crusher jokes. Oh no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in a good way. In a good yes. way. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Which I'm sure is refreshing. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So your first captain. Um, yeah. Think of a name and we'll come back to you. Okay. Um, Miu, talk to us about your character. Okay. So Major Tom which is their given name. Uh, yes, their parents named them Major Tom, uh, is an Astrozoan. And for those of you who don't know, an Astrozoan in their natural form looks like a human-sized seven-limbed jelly or a starfish with a single eye, like midway down each of their appendages. Uh, very jelly-like skin and cartilaginous uh, skeleton and one of the cool things they can do is they can take on the appearance of any other humanoid species and so a lot of astrozoans don't really have a culture of their own they don't have much of a history so my parents i, I was born on castrovel uh we were sort of studying a group of elves there uh, very reclusive species, very uh, insular. And we sort of folded our way into their society. Uh, problem is, I, I couldn't do the whole, like, must be an elf all the time and must be the same elf all the time, because that's boring. So, you know, I'm constantly, like, changing into different things that I've seen, different people I've seen, basically causing a bunch of trouble. So... Parents sent me from Castrovel to Absalom Station to go live with an aunt and uncle. Uh, and I became absolutely fascinated with all the different species that I saw there. I mean, species I'd never seen in my life that were amazing. So, of course, I'm constantly, you know, changing my shape to, to be like them and uh, learning about their cultures, learning their, you know, how, how to speak to them. And that really fascinated me. And so uh, Major Tom decided to become a Xeno Seeker to seek out new species, to see what kind of life there is out in the universe. Uh, did a lot of studying of various uh, subjects in school. So, you know, learned about cultures, learned about uh, uh, you know, the, the science of different species, uh, things like that, as well as got a master's in communication. And uh, now I've set out on a ship as a comms officer to uh, just explore the universe and see what I can find so that I have all the more. It, it's like going shopping for my wardrobe. Yeah, there, there you go. I see it now. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the Astrozoan. Uh, I, I moved tabs too, so then it went straight back to uh, our, our Twitch stream, which is slightly off from what we were. <laughs> Sorry. A little bit, a little bit of a delay, but yeah, the, the, the Astrozoan, uh, they, they, they look a little weird. And uh, Ma Major Tom's big thing is that while, while yes, they, they enjoy putting on other species and things like that it's like wearing clothes and sometimes you know they just get a little restrictive so it's known that major tom like struts around the ship without another form on but only around you know the people on the ship mm -hmm. which is for for major tom the equivalent of walking around naked yeah just, just lounging at, at their station on the ship, you know, in that Astrozoan form. Just like, yeah, this is me. 
Um, so what you're saying is Major Tom is a nudist. Sort of, yes. I, except instead of it being about clothing, it's about species. <laughs> Major Tom wears species like most people wear clothes. Um, so is it... Like, do they feel more comfortable when they're in another species suit? Or do they feel more comfortable when they are out of the suit? There, There's that deep kind of comfort, like coming home and taking your bra off when they're when they drop the other species. You know, it, it's cool. It makes them look good. It makes them look nice. And people are you know way more comfortable with it. But, you know, when you get to come home and shed that species and just be your blobby self, it's like, ah, you know, it's, it's a sort of relief. So there's, there's comfort in both ways and, and something good about both, but definitely more of a, oh, I'm home. You know, I don't have to pretend to be another species. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get that. All right. Um, and, um, I'm sorry, I totally missed it while I was fixing things. Um, what, uh, class is, uh, Major Tom playing? Major Tom is an envoy. Uh, so Major Tom has focused on communication and in, in combat situations is something of a tactician. A well-placed word, a well-placed encouragement can push people to do more and, and be more. Cool. Um, and what, what theme did you choose again? Xeno Seeker. My goal is oh, to right. scout as many different species as I have. It's like shopping for a new wardrobe. Yeah, that makes total sense for Major Tom. That's actually very the more amazing. The species they see, the more they can put on. Um, so would would Major Tom be kind of a, so yeah, finding new wardrobe, but would it, you also be like David Attenborough? Something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and here we see the Shirin in their natural environment. Let me try one on. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to attempt to blend in with the herd. <laughs> they have accepted me as one of their own. Um, so I'm understanding it's your natural ability to kind of shift into it, yeah. Yes, this is a natural ability that uh, all Astrozoans have called change form. Uh, <laughs> it's a standard action to shift physically alter my form to look like any medium creature. I do not get any of their special abilities so i don't get claws if i shift into a vesk i just have like these cartilaginous claws uh you know i i have four arms as a kasatha but i don't i can't use two of them they just are there none of my gear ships with me so clothing my is sometimes kind of interesting and uh yeah but i get bonuses to disguise and stuff the other thing interesting about major tom is major tom is very squishy and so can move through spaces a quarter of their size without squeezing or an eighth of their size with squeezing. So Major Tom's very good at getting through little tiny spaces. And is that when they're out of uh, a different form? Or... No, that's just whenever they can compress because my, my natural form is literally just cartilaginous skeleton and jelly-like flesh. So we have a Wesley Crusher and an Odo. Or a Yafit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Um, all right. And uh, Kelric, tell me a bit about your character. So Thrani Ikos is a Patra, which is one of the cat people. And their world is part of the Vescarium. So it doesn't really have its own name. I think it has a number designation somewhere. And um, yeah, so it's a, a lush garden world. You can find all that kind of stuff online. What is it you're asking again? Sorry, I had to go deal with children. Yep. Who were not no, no, with you're fine. So I've um, missed a lot. <laughs> no, so uh, tell me a bit about your character, their background. Um, you know, how did they find themselves in their profession or their uh, theme, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so Thrani grew up with um, in a litter of eight and they were nowhere special. They were just kind of the fifth born and they have a family that's 
reasonably sized. They have some good, some bad inter interactions. Nothing, nothing, you know, really to speak of. You know, they they get along with their siblings. An interesting thing about Patro was, or is, that the society has some older traditions that people really glom onto, and two of them are that your facial fur patterns dictate your status potential like what your markings indicate that you know someone will come and look over and then they sort of assign your status and Thadani's were mediocre not great not terrible just kind of mediocre and so that's what their parents expected of them nothing big you know go do these things and we'll see and then during their when they're 15, the uh, Patras are sent out into the jungle for war games where they fight the jungle and each other. And how you do their sort of cements where you stand. And Thrani actually did reasonably well, much better than the mediocre they were assigned, but not stellar. <laughs> they were, they were, they were really good and they had been pushing themselves really hard because being told you're mediocre a lot when you don't feel like you're mediocre just really you know they're like must be better and then when they did this and they came out and they're like oh i actually did okay and this wasn't too hard decided you know maybe this is not the place for me right now and they immediately you know went about getting their stuff in order and then they signed on to a freighter and they left the planet um, and they still write, still contact their family. Everything's fine. They just wanted to go somewhere where their facial markings and all of this other BS from their youth didn't define who they were. And while they were there, they started just taking on different roles and they wound up being put in the pilot seat as a co-pilot and found that this is something they had a natural talent for. And so the theme I chose was ace pilot and they're getting better all the time. Like they are only a first level character, so they're good. They're, they're talented. <laughs> they they have they're, something there. Yes, but you put them up against a fifth level character, they're not going to do so well. But they're pretty good for you know. Yeah, piloting's their thing. Heck yeah. You won't so, immediately crash into an asteroid. No, I don't think. I mean, it's still a possibility. But they're pretty good. <laughs> they might miss the first asteroid if you're throwing multiples. <laughs> so yeah, they've got that. And then on their first ship, they met someone who was a follower of, who is this? Okay, I'm really, really bad at this pronunciation, but I think it's Arshea, 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 A-R-S-H-E-A. Arshea, that sounds about right. Yeah, and so Arshea is pretty Arche. cool. Arshea? Arshea? According to the official Pathfinder wiki, it is Arshea. Perfect. Well, Arshea is a goddess of... It is a goddess, right? Is No, it's an androgynous deity. I love that. An androgynous deity of beauty, passion, and the repressed. It encourages worshippers to explore gender, love, and sexuality. And... It was an interesting thing because the Patra society, most Patra are asexual. And, you know, there are a few couples that show up, but Thrani really found that through this exploration and what have you, that they do have a sexuality and that they are, you know, kind of on a spectrum and where their place is and always just trying new things and pushing themselves. And it's one of the things that they find very definitive, you know, like any, you know, young person who's just like yeah this is new and exciting i'm totally into this yeah so nice um what is this um person who introduced you to arche um still around like uh, how who are they in your orbit oh they are like two starships back now it was just someone who you know if they see them again at a bar and stuff, they'd be like, oh, hey, it's Spira. But, you know, that's my Sheeran friend. But <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> you know. 
now. I remember you. Hmm. Nice. Um, how much does religion play into your daily life, Ben? I would say much like um, anyone who whose life is really dependent on, you know, surviving the next meteor shower or whatever, and first level and trying to learn what... It's always sort of in the back of their head, but not something like they're they're not hitting other people over the head with it or even themselves they're like oh yeah this is a great chance to explore something or you know really appreciate you know the beauty of this thing mm -hmm. and that sort of reminds them and pulls it to the forefront of their mind but normally it's, it's kind of this sort of passive as you're going along and scanning a room you're like oh yeah, that's awesome. And it and it reminds you. But it's not something that you're just like, oh, look, and that's, you know, that's so, my deities in action. In action. You're yep. not like an acolyte. Nah. Or an evangelist. Nothing like that. No. Okay. Um, and talk about your uh, class for me for a little bit. Okay. So I am attempting to play a witch warper which that doesn't sound like it's in the core rule book kelrick <laughs> um it is not and i had a whole bunch of information about it in our fantasy ground stuff so i could talk about it but that has crashed so let me re-pull this up this is one of the three play testing um classes and it's just really interesting i love this idea of a character who can see into multiple realities and then pull the things that are most advantageous from the ones they see into the reality they're in. They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna shift us over a little. And I think that really goes with the whole piloting thing of they're pretty good because they're like, oh, there's an asteroid in front of me or there's one that's 15 degrees to the left. That's the reality we're going with. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, they have that kind of mindset about things where, you know, nothing's really static, which is also kind of what went along with this whole deity of, you know, everything is about exploring and sort of figuring out what your reality and who you are. And so the Witch Warper was really just perfect. I thought the two married together was really cool. The Witch Warper in and actual practice is similar in build to what you would find for like a Technomancer mm -hmm. with different spellcasting abilities. You've got a couple of abilities that are really fun. Um, at first level, you get one called Infinite Worlds, which twice per day is a standard action. I can um, temporarily impose an alternate, alternate reality within a 10-foot radius sphere. And basically it means that I can Anything within 110 feet of me, I can say that is difficult terrain <laughs> for a little while in case we're being chased. This might have helped me when I was, you know, going through those trials. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, your, your Witch Warper talents kind of just presented themselves? Yeah, it was sort of a, you know, in the stress of the moment, you're like, I don't like how this is going. And suddenly you're able to say, if it went like this, that would be so much better. Yoink. Oh, cool. Run. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. Well, like, kind of coming up in the stress of your war games. Mm-hmm. Like, one of those, like. a little bit of a cheater. A little bit. I like to think that <laughs> I am taking advantage of the opportunities the universe provides whichever one it may be. Oh, that's a good question. Can you make roles change? Oh. That is not an ability I have, but it would be nice. I, I think nice. eventually, don't you get something that allows people to like roll twice and take the better result or something like that? Uh, once you hit like second level, you get this paradigm shift. Um, let's see. 
You can use your commanding presence to rearrange the veils of reality, briefly revealing an alternate piece of existence or a powerful force from another world. Um, so you get, you can choose all of these different ones. And there's one that I really like that I think is the one I'm going to choose, which is, is it Lesson Injury? Yeah, so Lesson Injury is the one that I think makes the most sense because as a reaction, when you or an ally within 100 feet take damage, I can spend an RP to change the amount of damage dealt to the lowest possible value. Mm. The example they give is, if an attack would deal 2d6 points of damage, this paradigm shift would cause it to deal only two points of damage. So... Gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is like... Nope. Nope. Yeah. And how often can these work? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's RP based. So as long as I have RP to spend, I can. Mm. Get. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I'm hearing that this game needs to be hard enough that you have to really spend all of your RP to survive. Well, no. I don't know <laughs> what you heard. <clears throat> I mean, it, well, I know what he, they just told us what they heard. <laughs> However, <laughs> they did not hear what was actually said. <laughs> no, please, no. All right. Um, so we've kind of gone through all of the characters individually um, and uh, answered some questions. Um, let me pull up my fun, handy dandy list of really pressing questions uh, <laughs> to see if uh, y'all can either improv some of them or uh, come up with good answers. 37. 37. It's a great answer. <laughs> Bingo. While you're looking that up, I, I just want to address the humor of, as Kalrick pointed out, he's playing a cat. Mm -hmm. We have a mouse. And there is an aspect of my species because I am playing a plant being yes. where it is called delicious yes. and I get a negative two to any close range combat. My nickname for you is catnip. <laughs> so I set up all of Nabu's attacks to be range. Like, they are grenades expert. There's this really cool version of a Solarian weapon that looks like tentacles. Ooh. So I have this very Tokyo Ghoul like image of these things coming out of their back and like stabbing people. Nice. Um, but, yeah. No, oh, no. This is uh, Abe's saying that the stream is stuttering a little bit. Uh, yeah, you're you're kind of flickering in Zoom a little. Okay. See what I can do. Close that. Close this. All oh, the bandwidth. All of it. Um, while I am going through here feverishly trying to figure out what's eating up all my computer, um, let's. Uh, so. Abe actually uh, threw out the number 22, and I have a list of 25 questions. So let's look at number 22. Um, <laughs> what do uh, what does your character find intoxicating or addictive? Oh, man. Well, we just spoke about Steph's character, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Catnip, what? You can't eat my character. Just have to rub up against you. I'm good. With consent, <laughs> damn it. Ah. <laughs> uh, intoxicating. It feels like a cop-out to say space, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, they could spend hours, like, watching supernovas and just looking out at how space kind of is spacey. What uh what 
Give me a spe uh, something specific. Like, can you think of maybe an event that they witnessed that really just kind of drove them to want to explore more? I think they, at one point, and it may not have even been Navu in particular because the Gorin, and I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly, um, have this neat property other than being delicious that is past life experience. So it may not have been them. It may have been somebody in their past. I need to come up with the right words for how they reproduce and have their family groups. Because I don't, mm -hmm. in my head, they kind of don't have family groups. <laughs> okay. Given that they're born from seeds. Okay. They're tended by someone that was their predecessor. But I don't think it's your typical parent-child relationship. Um, and... They witnessed the birth of a star. And that, like, image just really stuck in their head as something on, like, think of something that just makes your brain empty out because it's so beautiful that you do not have words. Mm hmm. So things of that nature, like that's why I was like seeing a supernova, seeing a black hole, like in person, not just a computer simulation, like actually being there. Okay, that's nice. That's a really good answer. Um, let's go. I'm going to go down my uh, Zoom list. So Miu, you're on, you're next on my Zoom. Okay. Um. So, every culture and every species has its own intoxicants. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the aspects of the cultures that Major Tom is very interested in trying out. Whatever, you know, your, your in local intoxicant is, I will have three of them. So, you know, you, you, you go to the the bar, you know, well, what do the local Shirins drink? I'll try that. Okay. So I think it's just, it, it's really about new experiences uh, and and finding a way to, to assimilate. Mm hmm Okay. But I think that, uh, you know, when, when we... Get to any port, Major Tom wants to go, you know, bar slash drug den slash whatever the local intoxicant thing is. Just just go hop around and see what's up. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um Kelrick, you're next on my list. Alright, repeat the question. I was really into the intoxicant thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> what does your character find intoxicating or addictive? Um, goodness, I hadn't even thought about that, honestly. I can go if you need more time. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> he finds um, sort of almost in the same vein as uh, Mia's character. She finds things she finds like the local uh like the local adrenaline junkie uh experience like whatever it is that they do there that like really gets their blood pumping that is what they love to go watch and experience they love uh because she thinks that that's the like that's how you understand a species the best you know like you understand what a species is capable of what they find entertaining by the group of people that really like to push the limits because like i forget what what is your species uh Mio? astrozoan an astrozoan like an astrozoan like the, what an absolutely unique property where they could just compress themselves like i can't i can't even think to imagine what their uh their daredevil things are like what do they do to get their adrenaline pump in from being this 
blob that can compress into crazy links. And I think that our Yi find that to be so absolutely fascinating. Just it's almost like people watching, but in, as an extreme sport. Hmm. That's a great I, insight. I, I think the Astrozoan adrenaline rush is to like put on someone else's face and then go like find the biggest, baddest person you can and just insult the crap out of them <laughs> and see if you can get away. <laughs> That's so mean. I love it. <laughs> uh. All right. And Kelrick, do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Abe. Catnip laser pointers and feather toys. <laughs> I mean, I can see all of those things working. Especially, you know, if they want to explore their sexuality some more. That makes sense. <laughs> so. Safe, sane, and consensual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be that exploration of self and others that are going to be the things that really drive and that they're really going to, pardon the expression, get off on. Like, that's what's going to be the thing that really, you know, pushes Thrani the most is going to be, yeah, let's, let's, let's see how far this will go and what will happen. You know, and outside of that, they're pretty chill, but, you know, when it comes to that kind of exploration of themselves and others, that's going to be a real driving force. Okay. Nice. Um... So I figured out what the problem is. It is the web browser that I had up to actually track conversation uh, going on. And I've closed out every tab and I've closed out absolutely everything. But uh, OK, fucking Firefox is working. So we're going to go with Firefox, which is the lowest on my list for <laughs> browsers to use. And uh, we'll carry on with that. <laughs> Much smoother. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my CPU was jumping towards a thousand or a hundred a hundred percent and just slamming it. And so that's why OBS uh, was getting pushed down the, the ladder of uh, priority. Can um, you try fantasy grounds then again? <laughs> actually that may that may work now. Um let's carry on with the stream and we'll probably hop into fantasy grounds after break. Um cool. Anyone in chat, pick a number between 1 and 25. That's not 22. And someone in the cast, yell it out, because I can't see it right now. Uh, 12. 12. What makes your character angry? This is going to sound random, but being assumed that they are a Vesk spy. Ooh. Huh. Because we hadn't really talked about this with the home, the nice homebrew game that Miu had designed for season one. And this is taking place in the same universe, if I recall correctly. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a little bit more room for him to work Holy on. Holy shit. Hold on. Like Sorry. Smothering a lot of that. Life. Yeah, he really was. It's like, I feel like he... Okay. Again, trying to get back into everything. <laughs> apologies, apologies. This is great learning opportunity. Okay. Um, so assuming that you were being a Vesk spy and you were uh, saying that uh, in our we're in the same universe as our homebrew campaign. Yes, and that was asked as in the form of a question. <laughs> um, yes. I, I mean, basically, anything that we establish as a truth there, I don't mind popping as a truth here just we may twist it a bit yeah um fair. i'm gonna be relying a lot on uh the lore that uh paizo has written as well so like as long as it mashes that's cool it, it, where it diverges i'll have to figure out which one to lean on okay because um a lot of the paizo lore also talks about like the i think it's called the silent wars where it was basically the Vesk versus everybody else. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of talk that the Goran 
sided with them. Okay. So they aren't very trusted in other places in the in the diaspora and are kind of assumed to always be on the Vesk side because I think they originate from the Vesk home world. Which is why I pointedly had Navu from Castorbell. <laughs> As from somewhere else other than in the Vesk because none of us have played a Vesk. But they're not seen very nicely across the diaspora if you go off of the lore from mm -hmm. Paizo. So being automatically seen as dishonest really gets under their skin. Okay. Under their rind, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What makes Major Tom I love Major Tom already. I'm so ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Major Tom is most likely to get angry. Somebody lies because Major Tom respects communication. That's how we learn about each other. That's how we understand each other. And if you use communication to obscure, but then again, on the other hand, Major Tom's also the one that's like, excuse me, but are you implying that I am actually an aberration, like driving a flesh suit? <laughs> how dare you, that's awfully rude. But none of that's a lie. That's just a question, and then, like, that's really rude to imply such a thing. Oh. No one ever called Major Tom not a hypocrite, okay? <laughs> yeah, Major Tom is a bit of a hypocrite, but I, I think it's like when someone just blatantly states a mis uh, an, an untruth. So how does... So is that part of the game for Major Tom when they put on someone else's face and try to... <laughs> Take the biggest fight and then disappear. It's like, how do I do this without lying blatantly about who I am? Yeah, no, it's it's not done. When when Major Tom picked this up on Absalom Station, th this wasn't about lying to them. No, you walk up to the person with the big nose and the ears sticking out from their head and be like, your nose is huge, and your ears like you could flap them and fly away. You know. Cool. I just see Major Tom being like that, like, but they said, no, 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 they said this. Interesting. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm really curious how that will play out with some of these characters in the AP. <laughs> Especially since I'm training Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, for yeah. for Thrawny, I think the thing that will get under their skin the fastest is someone who is disrespectful of music, because the Patra culture is basically on two polar areas of respect. The two biggest thing you can do is be a go into battle and you know be awesome and. Be musical, like you ever seen? Oh gosh, what was that? Which which of the terrible Blade movies was it where the vampire fighter woman puts her headphones in and she's listening to music as she's just going through and kicking everyone's ass? Blade and, Trinity. Yes, picture Patra as that person, and anyone who disses the music or the person creating the music is immediately going to inflame their rage. That's that's the thing, because that's just a cultural thing for Patra to respect those two things, so. Awesome. And I think Yi, um, well, the thing that will get her the angriest fastest is if you insult her family. If you insult her family, I think that will really rub a, a sore spot 
and she will go off. Your family, like specifically your family, or also like Yosoki in general? Oh, well, I'm a Yosoki, and so for us, it's like everyone, anyone who <laughs> we deem worthy, essentially, is family. Because we have family, and it's enormous, and everyone is family. But, like, the people in her life that she's like, you are cool, you are good, uh, and fuck you if you say anything bad about them. Nice. So, family chosen and otherwise. Yeah. Nice. Alright. Uh, and let's do one more. And I'm still having the browser issue, so someone else... Uh, call it out for me. Number three was thrown out. Number yes. three? All right. What fuels your character? What is their reason for being? Thrill of discovery. Mm-hmm. I think that's similar. I mean, the discovery may be different between... Major Tom and Throni, but it's definitely that, like that drive to discover something new. I think on Throni's case, it's more um, personal mm -hmm. rather than planetary. But yeah, I agree. I, I'm gonna show my Ravenclaw roots and say learning. Because there's always something new and interesting out there to kind of figure out. Discovering knowledge. Yes. <laughs> and for ye, it is. Um, I, I always pretty much what everyone else has said um, in the aspect of just seeing more that every time she looks out the window of the ship it keeps on going mm -hmm. and it she hasn't seen an end yet and she Slide. wants to keep going no until she sees the Church. end one way or they, another they you know? there's what brought us all together yeah yeah Nice. Exploration hey. and discovery. What's around the corner? Let's do it. Let's yeah. find out. I, so, I see us all as very <laughs> impetuous in this way. Oh, what's over there? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go check it out. Well, no, 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 no. first. <laughs> That's so, cool. so we're doing the Starfinder equivalent of backpacking through Europe. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly yes. what we're doing. That's exactly what it is. Well, no, I mean, so that's a, that's a great segue into how y'all became a crew. Um, and this is to be determined before the adventure path. So I, I think it's a good discussion to have. Um, so, yes, you all want to discover things. PB. Uh, to go back to what uh, Steph said when she was creating her character, can, can it be that my character came ye came into whatever wherever you were your home world of where you were teaching and i was looking for and i was the grunt who had to come and pick you up and ask you for help uh because i was ordered to and then somebody and then you were like all like adorable you know scholar and <laughs> and uh, somebody like as we were walking to the ship or we were in like that dock area with all the different people somebody like muttered under their breath something about you being uh, a best spy or something along those lines and it, like it rubbed me the wrong way before it rubbed you the wrong way and immediately I was just like hey if like this short little Yosuke was just yelled at this huge person before you even got a chance to say anything just immediately turned and was like hey you want to say that again you know, just uh, really did that. I will cut you with my tail blade. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. I will cut you. I don't hear the I'm just right now. It's like this little New Yorker that's just <laughs> to throw down at any point. Like, hey, what you say? You want to say that to my face? Yeah, that's what I thought. It's like, you want to go? You want to go? I'm ready to go. Want to throw some hands? Let's go. Let's do it. That's uh, that's her. 
Got just, like a, a, a knife a taped to your tail. <laughs> exactly. Just just razor blades. All up in there. <laughs> I am the razor blade. Surprise. That's awesome. You so, win the spike I mean... now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that so much. It, I would just add like casually pulling a grenade out of their bag flipping it on and it's just like let's walk faster throw it over the shoulders <laughs> just drop a sticky bomb just casually like, I'm sorry you said awesome. what get that out of your fur asshole <laughs> two words <laughs> anyway um Okay, cool. So we know how Yi and Navu met, and uh, Yi pulled Navu out of university. Uh, I imagine Yi. Oh, so um, you were on Castorville. Okay, cool. Um, and um, at that point, Yi, were you still on your ship uh, with uh, the original captain, or yeah. were you kind of freelancing? Yeah, with Captain Leader. Leader? Um, captain Leader. <laughs> oh. I, I'm going to spell that L-E-E-T-E-R Leader <laughs> uh, Yeah and um, Yeah totally impressed their captain When they heard the story And uh, they were so down with you joining Well yeah like uh, Captain Leader was definitely in need Of a, uh, a, a Life sciences officer at that point happens they got a tank along with it <laughs> uh but yeah i was on the first ship with uh, captain leader okay um so what? steph are, are you just groot is that basically what uh, we have <laughs> a tanky plant i mean i have more vocabulary than groot but yeah i mean so does groot we just we just don't know the language. That's true, but... Yeah, it wasn't offered at our schools. <laughs> <laughs> they do speak common, and I do imagine the plant language almost being more like the Ents, where it's just a series of, like, creaks. <laughs> <laughs> Takes forever to say something. Right? Uh. I feel like Major Tom and... Navu would have crossed paths at university because you you mentioned getting a getting a master's degree. <laughs> I'm just like we can yeah. keep using the university for all kinds of connections. That's fair. Yeah, because uh, I because I was born on Castrovel, lived there for a while, then was sent to Absalom Station. I may have gone back to study at Castrovel for a little while, uh, getting my communication my my master's in communication. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. So maybe so when I... you were building your crew. <laughs> yeah, maybe at the same time when um, when Yi was pulling you out, uh, there was also need of a uh, another officer on Captain Leader's ship. <laughs> what well, role? And, and one of the interesting things about Major Tom is Major Tom has two languages at the moment. And that is common and the rarely spoken Elven. Ah, interesting. Because Major Tom grew up, sinuated into an Elven enclave. Oh wow! Okay. Hmm. Early in, in earlier in life. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So may, maybe for some reason, Captain Leader needed someone that spoke Elven. Maybe. There's probably, uh, they're probably looking for some sort of artifact that they're commissioned by the Starfinders to get. Actually, that would make a lot of sense because Major Tom would be able to adopt their elven identity and go into the elven community and maybe even get this artifact. Okay. Um, how about, um, Thrani? Mm -hmm. Or would, uh, what relationship with Ronnie Want with one of the crew, uh, one of the crew members now. Well, so basically, 
Yeah. The major go it went to um, Absalom Station, which it makes most sense for Thrawny to have met them there mm-hmm. because you know Thrawny just jumped on the first ship and is just you know just going anywhere that they can get more experience and you know piloting and you know just learning this craft they feel really drawn to so if there's if there's a way like the three of them wind up there and somehow can make that work I'd be okay I think that could work like when you decide to leave captain leadership unless you're staying we're staying on captain leadership I'm not sure how this is working no I, I like the idea that maybe like after the the captain leader mission and we all kind of maybe the three of us went our separate ways but we all like came back together just happened to kind of meet up and we're all like hey we should go exploring we need a pilot and I'm and, and Major Tom's like, I know a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right for his level. <laughs> yeah, like maybe like the ships we were on, like they just kept going to the, on the same routes, just stayed in the same places. And that mm-hmm. was just like not any of our thing. And I was like, well, this was fun. But like there was a big old expanse I see that way. And I'm going to go see it. I want to go see what's over there. So thanks for everything, but I gotta go. Yeah, we all just tired of someone else deciding what direction we went in. Y'all mm-hmm. kept on going between Castorfell and Absalom Station, doing that run over and over and over again, almost like a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been jumping from ship to ship to see where else I could go, but everything always brings you back to Absalom Station. I so. think that. Um, Thrawny, or yeah, Thrawny may have gotten a beat on their own ship. Something yes, that, that's what I was hoping it would, would be said. <laughs> something that um, is a little bit too big for you, though, just to fly yeah. on your own, and that you recognize you need a crew. I have this headcanon where uh, Thrawny met uh, Major Tom, but didn't know that they were in Astro's own. Like, they were in whatever form oh. that they were in. That makes sense. The Ziggy Stardust picture is basically Major Tom's default human disguise. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And I don't know that uh, Thrawny would even know about Astrozoans. Like, they have so much to learn. So, you know, it wouldn't even dawn on them. They'd just take it at very face value. Haha, uh-huh, see what I did there? <laughs> um, and yeah, I love the idea of Thrawny having saved up just enough to buy a ship and just got a really shockingly good deal that they were not expecting. Yeah. Purely- I, I think that you got like a junker. You got like a hand-me-down from someone else you were in flight school with. Uh, they recognized some of your talent and they're like, I'll throw I think you. Steph a- has a plan. I'm okay, dying cool. to see Steph. Yeah. Steph has a plan. I, I'm just, did, we, did we just become the crew of the Serenity? <laughs> is that what just happened because that's what i'm picturing it's like the big pitch about this ship will be with you for the rest of your life and then mal wandering over to the firefly <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a cross between that and uh the um and tu wong fu where they're all at the car lot <laughs> that's, that's good i like that oh we have Substance to go with the convertible style style (laughs) (laughs) so it's a junker but it's a pretty junker it's a pretty junker all right pretty pretty junker and we don't have a mechanic (laughs) nope why would we need one but y'all are some smart people i think that y'all can can totally manage this 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 machine uh (laughs) so i think we need to talk about the spaceship uh and a little bit more about your first couple of adventures. Um, but now is a good natural time to take a break. I'm Steph. You can find me on Twitter at Steph underscore Bard. Yes, I changed my Twitter handle. <laughs> nice. Uh, PB? Uh, I'm PB. Um, PB plays in a side where you can find me on Twitter and Twitch with that same name. 
I do so much stuff nowadays. <laughs> um, on Mondays, this coming up Monday will be our first session of the Grove where we met over on the Greyhawk channel where uh, we're going to be doing nice. some cool, cool stuff. Um, our DM being Nomadic, which I'm so hyped for. I love Gnome so much. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I stream on my channel, 6 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. On Wednesdays, I occasionally do one shots on Indoor Adventurers channel. And I do believe we're gonna be doing some cool stuff coming up in the few next few weeks. Uh, on Fridays, I am over on the Wandering DMs channel playing some Castle Falcon scenes as part of the Lady Detectives. And uh, today I'll be doing a uh, creative stream at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time where uh, we're just going to do some fun stuff and play some games. So if you're into that stuff, feel free to stop by at PB Plays Inside. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Miu, how about you? Uh, I'm Miu. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Miu Plays Games. And that's about it. I don't have a big spiel for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, we auto host here. So if you follow us, you'll see notifications there. Uh, Kelric. I am Kelric. You can find me on Twitter at Cormelon and at EQ Points, which I share um, tweeting with uh, Kenny and a few other people just to keep stuff going. And uh, you can find me here. You can find me do, uh, being the GM on Cuminera, another EQ Points show using the Numenera background. Also with uh, Kenny, it's my GMing debut, which has been super, super fun and terrifying. So awesome. And I will be working either with Mew or if time doesn't permit, then you know someone else. We will get a Pathfinder. Uh, game going uh, in the nearish future, which I believe Steph is also interested in. So you may see many of us on that when we get it kicked off. Great. Thank you. Uh, and my name is Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. Every other Saturday, we'll be here streaming our Starfinder adventure. We'll also be releasing this uh, cut up into a podcast releasing every Wednesday. You can find us at uh, at EQ Points on Twitter, we'll uh, announce that. And I am playing on Fridays on the Wandering DMs channel uh, with PB playing Castle Falkenstein. I think we have three more sessions of that to go, and it is awesome. Uh, thank you all so, so, so very much for joining us on this glitchy, glitchy adventure today. Uh, thank you for your patience, and we hope to see y'all next time. <laughs>